you are listening to Pharmacy IT and Me, your informatics pharmacist podcast. Welcome to another episode of Pharmacy IT and Me, and as with every episode, we start off this one stating that the intended audience is everybody. Today we'll be speaking with a special guest, and actually it's not going to be a pharmacist today, it's actually a pharmacy student. And we'll be speaking with Aaron Smith on what his role is or what he intends his role to be in the future of pharmacy informatics and technology. So thank you again so much for taking some time to be on the podcast. Aaron, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's actually a nice sunny day down here in Charleston. So uh, I took a nice little walk home from campus to get outdoors and get somewhere a little more quiet than the hustle and bustle of the hospital. Awesome. And I'm actually quite jealous, which is kind of ironic because I'm in California and we just had rain. So, Which I'm sure is not the most common. Are you in Southern Cal? Yeah, yeah. I'm in Southern Cal and we just okay. had a random thunderstorm. So so for our listeners, uh, which includes you know students or even other pharmacy uh, informaticists, can you tell them a little bit more about yourself? Yeah. So I'm a fourth year student at the Medical University of South Carolina. I've been there for four years. I'll be graduating in May, like mid-May sometime. I currently have uh, an internship with our informatics department, which was really exciting because I was able to get certified in Willow Ambulatory for Epic. And I also recently this past month finished my proficiency for Willow Inpatient. I also just started proficiency for Beacon because I'm trying to knock out as many things as I can through MUSC while it's available to me, uh, You know, just because I'm not sure where my career will go next. On the side, I'm a wrestling coach. I'm actually volunteer of the year every year because I really give back to the sport of wrestling a lot. I I enjoy coaching the kids, and my dad is also a hospital CFO, so I have a a little bit more perspective than most of my peers when it it comes to, like, the financial side of things. So that's kind of how I got interested in technology somewhat, but I know you're going to ask about that here in a little bit, so I'll, I'll save that story for later on. Okay, wow, that's really cool. So I guess, so I know that we're a pharmacy, IT, and informatics podcast, but you brought up the wrestling coach thing, which is really uh, interesting. And I wanted to ask about if you see any kind of like aspects or traits from pharmacy that kind of bleed over to wrestling and then, you know, transferable back to pharmacy and things like that. Yeah, it's it's a lot of back and forth. I think for me, the the most transferable thing is kind of just like that leadership role. I personally feel like if I can help, you know, 18, 17 year old males reach their goals and, you know, get them to buy in that I, I should be able to do that with adults because they're not the easiest to always deal with. Yeah. And, I, you know, I'm sorry if there's some background noise, like there's some construction going on just outside my house. But, you know, it's I, I think that a lot of it is mostly leadership. And the great thing about wrestling is, it, well, great thing to me about wrestling is that you know, being the best at wrestling is not always totally like, you know, your talent level. I think it has a lot to do with your work ethic and, you know, you really get out of it what you put into it. So doing those extra practices, getting that extra run in can really take you far in the sport. And I I think that that to me is what translates best is like, you get what you get of essentially. Awesome. Awesome. So speaking of like work ethic, I understand that you're under a a very innovative rotation right now with Dr. Beju Shaw. And uh, can you talk a little bit more about what you're doing in that rotation? Yeah, absolutely. So Beju and I work together in the informatics department and he's been bouncing ideas off of myself and the other intern, Alex Novgorodov, for quite some time now about how to really help MUSC out in ways that 
gives us like a digital presence because right now our our college is I don't want to say struggling but we are not having the admissions that we used to and we're not really having like the numbers apply that we used to and you know our belief is you know we're an academic medical center we don't have football to carry our name through television and we don't necessarily have like the funds that these big you know SEC schools do and you know social media and you know kind of like videos and stuff like that would be a great way to help get our our name out there and that's kind of how this project that I'm doing right now started and then he also has the innovation piece and I'll have to do an innovation project and I'll be hopefully presenting some of my findings related to that at one of our local MUSC innovation conferences. Okay cool so just out of curiosity are you the first student in this type of rotation that he has or is this something that's been ongoing? (laughs) It's, I'm the first, and it's kind of ironic because I actually had a rotation plan for this month in oncology, and it was going to be mostly outpatient infusion stuff related to the clinical trials we do. And I emailed the preceptor a couple weeks ahead of time to ask if I could take on tickets like Epic Fixes for the informational drug service department because we do get a lot of requests related to clinical trials. And I was like, well, that, that might be great because I'm here in person. I could maybe take those on when I get off or on the weekends and it would be like a nice continuity. She canceled on me about four days later. <laughs> oh, what? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So about four days later, I got an email from our uh, director of experiential ed that was like, hey, the preceptor said you seemed like you would uh, want a rotation with PharmaS. And I was like, well, I, I can't do that. I work for them. That's kind of like against the rules, you know? And basically, she gave me a list of options. And then at the very bottom, it said like, would you like to p- help pilot a new internship with Beiju related to innovation and digital marketing? And I was just like, yes, sign me up for that one. You know? So I, I really, Beiju and I honestly got into this about two weeks before the rotation started. And it was, it's, it's been fun and exciting to really try to help make this experience meaningful for other students because I have a good background with him and I kind of know what his goals are and trying to relay that to the, you know, the next students that will come in. Wow, that's really awesome. So I know you also talked about how your dad is a CFO and how that kind of gave you an introduction into the, the IT world. So like as a student, did you know you want to do you wanted to get into pharmacy IT um, before you went into pharmacy school, or was that something that you found out while you started school? Oh, so it's actually a pretty interesting story how I got into informatics. You know, when I applied, they always kind of ask you what are your career goals, what what would you like to accomplish, like in your interviews, and I mean, this wasn't even on my radar. You know, there are a lot of things in pharmacy that were not on my radar because I just wasn't aware of everything a pharmacist can can do, honestly, and. Basically, so my dad's a CFO, like I mentioned, and we both discussed when should I get a job. So we both agreed that the best time for me to get a job would be after at least a year and a half, maybe two years, because my scholarship that I have is contingent that I retain a certain GPA. And we did the math. And essentially, if I lost that scholarship, I was not going to be able to recoup that money through work. And so we did a little, you know, financial analysis on when should I start working for the best payout. And so after two years, I really sought after a job, but most positions were filled and a lot of places did not want to hire someone, you know, a little later in the curriculum the way I was. So I started volunteering for our newly developed specialty pharmacy department. 
and they gave me all these projects to help improve efficiency. And you know, I, I'm big on uh, process improvement. I really like that stuff. So everything that I told them needed to be done really pertained to Epic. And I was like, Epic needs to be changed in this way. Epic needs to do this for us. And I, you know, I really started emailing people and I was very ignorant to the scope of Epic itself. And I was like, can I have access to change these things? And they're like, no, no way, buddy. You know, like you in your dreams. At the same time, my friend Alex Navgaradov was volunteering for PharmIS because he had similar outlook as me, which is there's a lot to be gained from an internship that, you know, maybe maybe the money is important to some people, but I we both felt that the experiences we wanted should uh, should probably trump money. So we volunteered for a couple of departments that we were interested in. And they started to pay him, I think, over the summer after our P2 year. And he did a lot of work and they basically said, man, we feel bad. We need to pay you. We can't keep letting you do all this for free. And after about a month or two, they were like, hey, you know, you do a lot of great work. Do you have a friend who would want to do this too? And so he contacted me and I was like, hey, this is great because now I can maybe change all those things related to our EHR that I, I thought needed fixed for our specialty department. And I'm kind of an opportunist. Uh, I wouldn't say that I always have a set plan. I really kind of just, I'll jump into something without knowing a whole lot about it. And I, I really tried to just take that opportunity that was presented to me because I thought it seemed like a phenomenal opportunity. And he and I basically got to start the informatics internship and we both became the first two students to ever go to Epic's headquarters and get certifications through Epic. And it's kind of funny, like both of us, when, when, when we were up there, the instructors make you introduce yourself and they just like stopped and they're like, wait, 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 you said you're a student? Like, you know, so like a lot of people are pretty dumbfounded and it, it's been really exciting, to be honest. Yeah, that's that's actually really cool to hear. I, I actually had a student a while back when at my last workplace and we had a lot of challenges in the beginning too because he was doing a lot of great things. And like what you said, your student, they're not going to let you make changes in the system. So there was an uphill battle with that. And eventually we hired him on as an intern. Yeah, and then he was able to actually get the access and the training needed for the, for our system too. So that's pretty cool. And it's also funny, his name is Alex too. So That's awesome. Yeah, so I was going to ask you, what kind of specific projects are you working on or are you allowed to talk about right now? Oh, yeah. So I guess the, the innovation piece that I've been working on I can loosely talk about is, so I did a lot of pharmacokinetic, pharmacodynamic research throughout my first few years with the resources available at MUSC. And I've been lucky to have some great mentors that have helped me go present posters at like ID week. And they're not student posters either. Like my mentor really is like very adamant about like, you're going to present in the professional category, like we're going to set the bar high. So I get to present next to the PharmDs and PhDs, which is always exciting. So I decided to take on my innovation project with Beiju's rotation. And uh, I wanted to look at our vancomycin troughs and how we're dosing vancomycin. So I started pooling all that data for like the last six months or so and trying to identify if there are certain patient specific factors that we need to essentially identify to possibly dose a little differently than our, than our hospital protocol to help them get to those gold trough levels. I honestly, I just got the report maybe a day or two ago and it was like 50,000 rows and like, you know, like maybe like 80 columns. So I have a, a lot of sorting and data manipulation to do to finish out my project by the end of next week. Oh, wow. Okay. 
<laughs> so I know that you said you're an opportunistic person, and you know this question may or may not apply. But do you see yourself in a specific area of pharmacy informatics, or are you more of like anything that kind of happens, you'll just go with that? Yeah, I mean, I like to try to envision myself more so in the inpatient hospital side. I feel like that is where my interests are. However, I'm not opposed to other options. I mean, if someone were to offer me to go get training and say like clarity data model, I would really love to do that. I a lot of people in my department think that I can basically do magic with an Excel sheet. So I think that I, I bring a lot of value essentially to an organization if they need data analytics done because the one thing, like I said, I'm opportunistic. So the one thing I've noticed is my brother is does analytics for Atrium Health. So they're a big organization throughout the Carolinas. But he has absolutely no medical training. He has more like a, a business background and an analytics background. So he doesn't quite understand everything he's looking at and he doesn't really know how to dig deeper or where to dig deeper or, you know, should I request other data in these reports? Should should we expand the scope of things? And I, I feel like just having the financial background and having a brother who's really into analytics has, has helped me apply that to pharmacy and really bring about a lot of change for the for the institution and hopefully you know better the institution itself that's awesome that you can actually see that because yeah like you said there's a lot of analysts out there who work in the healthcare field that do not have that healthcare background and i guess the the informatics side the healthcare informatics side is kind of like that bridge between it which is really good that you see that now so so there's a high interest in pharmacy informatics nowadays and a lot of students i've spoken with always ask me oh how do you get into the field and I guess from a student's perspective, from you, do you have any advice for your colleagues? Yeah, like for me personally, it was almost luck of the draw. Just having my buddy Alex, he's on, he's honestly one of the top students at the university. And I, I truly think he's maybe one of the best students to ever come through our College of Pharmacy. I mean, he's outstanding. He's I respect him a huge amount. And he really set the bar high with the internship. And I had no choice but to you know kind of follow suit. So... If you if there are older students already with a role, I would definitely start picking their brain. I would uh, let them know that you want to be involved, that, you know, if there's opportunities to work on projects, even if it's free, even if it's volunteer work, I mean, take that on and try to prove your worth, essentially, because that's that's how you can create opportunities for yourself. And my school just started the MHIT PharmD dual program. They actually will start offering that, I think, at the end of this spring. For students to apply and potentially start that program in the fall and if i could do it all over again i mean i wouldn't have that i wouldn't have that available to me but if i was starting pharmacy school right now i would absolutely try to get into that mhit program a lot of those mhit programs require that projects be finished and be done through the informatics people at the hospital or at the organization that you're doing the mhit piece with so i would i would definitely go down that route if it's available to you and you know, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And I know that's such a cheesy line and people use it all the time. But, uh, you know, don't be afraid to ask. You might end up right back where you started or you might be granted with a phenomenal opportunity would be the, the some of the best advice I've ever been given. Awesome. Thank you for that advice. And uh, I actually want to go back to one of the projects you're, you are working on since you're talking about projects. And um, yeah. it's the uh, the pharmacy, was it, I think it was pharmacy paths less traveled. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. So with Beiju's rotation, part of the requirements were that I produce some 
form of digital content. And he left that really wide open. He said, I could do a podcast. He said, you could make videos, you can you know, start a blog. And for me, I really thought that the low hanging fruit in this scenario was to start like a little video interview series. So after about a week, I'd say about a week of brainstorming, I really settled on the fact that I felt I had a very odd role that most people wouldn't consider as a pharmacy intern. I mean, to be honest, I'm the only pharmacy intern with a desk job. And I, I personally love it. I love the behind the scenes action. I love the decision making that I get to witness. I get to sit in on so many important meetings just because anything that rolls out has to roll out across the EHR. So for me, it's been huge in terms of development. I, I was like, you know, I want to showcase people with kind of like jobs that students applying to pharmacy school or students in pharmacy school might not have considered and kind of open their eyes to it. And heck, I mean, even pharmacists, like what other opportunities are out there for you with with your PharmD degree? So I went around MUSC and I started just honestly just sending out emails to tons of people like, hey, would you like to be uh, interviewed by me? I'm going to take this short video. And they're, they're usually about 10 to 15 minute interviews. And I just kind of discuss with people what their background is, how they got to the job that they have now, and you know, kind of what their current role is that is very unique typically. I mean, I've, I've talked with people who do telehealth precepting, which I think is awesome. I mean, imagine being able to on, honestly like do a rotation anywhere because of technology. I mean, I think I think that's exciting. I think that I've talked to some people that are in administration who have some pretty cool roles. I've talked to some some folks who do like academic detailing, so they travel around and educate doctors and, and nurse practitioners and physicians assistants about say like the opioid crisis and how they can best manage their own patients to, you know, kind of avoid the pitfalls of of pain management currently. And I've learned so much. I mean, I don't necessarily think I've learned anything that'll help help me pass the NAPLEX, but I've I've learned a huge amount about, you know, taking risks and, you know, sometimes that that thing that makes you uncomfortable can be the the huge breakthrough in your career where you you truly find something that you love, you know? Awesome. Yeah. So like if anyone wanted to, I guess, reach out to you or and go look at the video content you've uh, created, how can they look for it? Yeah, so I started a YouTube channel and it's called Pharmacy Paths Less Traveled. I also have a little Instagram account that will update you on when new videos are posted. The Instagram handle is Pharmacy PLT, PLT being Paths Less Traveled. Instagram wouldn't let me enter that many characters, <laughs> so I just shorten it. So I mean, if if you want to check it out and you want to see maybe like what what some cool roles are around, you know, maybe MUSC or what what options are available to you career wise, it's definitely worth your time. And I, I do I do try to like label the video well enough with like what their career title is currently. I don't necessarily always do a good job of putting all their background info in there. But, you know, if you're interested in, say, administration, I have a video about that. If you're interested in, like, pursuing a law degree, I actually recently spoke with someone who went back to get their law degree and is now a practicing lawyer. And he, I mean, he does a lot of really cool things for the pharmacy industry, for PBMs, for local pharmacies that are in the community setting. And, I mean, that guy was honestly really cool to talk to. He has his own practice right now. And I, I think that just 
talking to those people and maybe hearing their advice is, I mean, definitely worth the 10 minutes of, of watching the video. Awesome. Awesome. So I'll be putting that into our show notes so people who are interested can find it. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, no problem. And to be respectful of your time, I'd like to thank you again for taking some time out of your busy day to be on the show. Yeah, thank you. I, I really appreciate you taking the time to interview me and, and just reaching out. If anybody would be interested in coming to Charleston, South Carolina, you know, try to contact Tony or, or myself and maybe they can connect you to Beiju to maybe take part in one of these innovation and digital marketing rotations. You know, it's been a really unique experience for me. And to be honest, it's probably one of my favorite rotations. I get a lot of freedom. I get to kind of make what I want out of it. And it's, it's definitely enjoyable. Awesome. All right. So if you guys like this episode, you can subscribe and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or any of your other favorite podcasting services. You can follow us on social media on Twitter or Facebook at PharmacyITME or our Instagram at Pharmacy Informatics. Or you can email me at Tony at PharmacyITME.com. And thank you again for listening. I'll see you on the next episode of Pharmacy ITME. And remember, technology is a tool. Patient care is the goal. Oh,